my title that will come up here in a moment, I put a punctuation that according to our English language, what we've learned in school may not make any sense. But I felt to put it because in our scriptures the statement is made. And as I read the scripture and as it played over in my mind and my spirit, there is a prerequisite three words before this statement that's my title today that if you do not do the prerequisite, if you do not accomplish this first then these three words that are in my title become a question and as I stated a moment ago sometimes we are our worst enemy we are in our own way we get in the way and God wants to make a way but we're in the way so he can't make a way that'll preach all together right there amen Matthew 9 and verse 27. And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Now, son of David, have mercy on us. You see, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of people in the house, we got that part down. Hey, hey, have mercy on me. Hey, I need your help. Hey, I need to be fixed got that part down and when he was come into the house the blind man came to him and Jesus saith unto them here's the prerequisite believe ye somebody say believe, believe. look at your neighbor and say do you believe look at your neighbor and say you've got to believe you see I'm real excited about this message because this message was birthed from a conversation that I had with a really awesome man that has gone on and to meet his reward one of these days when Jesus comes and calls the dead in Christ up first. But I had a conversation with Brother Jeff Donahue about this very scripture and about this very word that I'm going to talk to you about today. The prerequisite, ladies and gentlemen, is that you and I, that the blind men, the people that don't see things clearly, the people that want the help but don't see how they can get the help, the Bible says, believe ye that I am able. Believe ye that I am able to do this. And there's that question. They said unto him, and this is better be our attitude, sir. Young men, young ladies, do you want to be changed? Do you want to be transformed? Do you want to truly be renewed? Do you really want God to take root in your spirit and do something only He's able to do? Then your answer must be, yay, Lord. Yay, yes, Lord, I do. Then touched He their eyes. Listen to it, ladies and gentlemen. He asked them, believe ye that I am? Do you believe that I am able to do this? And then after all of that, and they said yes, then the Bible says he touched their eyes saying, according to, thy, to your faith, be it unto you. 
And the Bible says in verse 30, and their eyes were open and Jesus straightly changed, char charged them saying, see that no man know it. Yeah, right. But they, when they were departed, spread abroad his fame in all that country. As they went out, behold, they brought to him a dumb man possessed with a devil. And when the devil was cast out, the dumb spake. Listen to that. This all started, ladies and gentlemen, with believe ye. Do you believe? Sister Judy, do you believe? I believe. Brother Jordan, do you believe? Sister Delisa, do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? And this is what it ran to. The dumb man that was possessed with the devil. And when the devil was cast out, the dumb spake. And the multitude marveled, saying, It was never so seen in Israel. The title of my message today is, I am able. Is he? Is he able? The question doesn't lie in the I am because the I am has always been able. The question lies in the individual. The question lies in the person that has been possessed. The question lies in the person with the ailment. I am able. I don't know. He's only able if you and I, Sister Hofford, believe. I believe it. Listen to me. I believe there is healing. He said it. He had no idea what I was going to preach, and I'm preaching it right now. I, the I am is here, and the I am has always been able, and the I am can transform you. The I am can renew you. The I am can cast out the devil. We read it. And you'll begin to speak with clarity. Some of you in the house, no, not some of you. There's a couple of you in the house that have been speaking dumb. But if you will allow the I am, if you believe that God can truly change you and get rid of all the mess, the Bible says forget those things which are behind you. But what you've been doing is you've been holding on to some stuff. Well, I did this and I used to do this and this person did this to me and this pastor did this to me and that pastor did this to me and I'm mad, I'm bitter and all this kind of stuff. You know where that leads, sir. Ma'am, so allow God to deliver you with what is possessing you right now, and you'll begin to speak clearly. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Would you raise your hands all across this building in the name of Jesus? Lord, would you wash over this house, wash over this place right now. Lord, the I am is in the house. You are in the house to do a marvelous and a mighty work. And I'm asking that you do it right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Let our hearts and our souls, O oh Lord, be open. 
in the name of Jesus, Lord, those individuals, Lord, that need that transformation, let them find it. Lord, I'm not just talking about a new person that walked in today, a guest of ours that walked in today, but Lord, there are what we would call seasoned saints in the house right now that need a transformation. And Lord, I know that I can't make it happen. And Lord, you yourself, Lord, you're not going to make it happen. It's got to be a willing vessel that says, Lord, I believe that you are the I am. And I believe, Lord, that you can heal and open my blinded eyes to see the grossness and the pain and the issues that I need help with, Lord. And don't let me just be a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal, but I want to be an asset to the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. amen. Turn around and tell somebody you're glad to see them in the house of the Lord. And you may be seated. Praise God. Oh, isn't God good? All the time. We must. I told our media team to, I wanted us another title with that title. And I was going to introduce it at the end, but I'm introducing it right now, Brother Gary, so you can go ahead and put it up as I say it. We must believe that the I am is able. We must believe that the I am is able. He's always been able. He's always transformed. He's always renewed. He has always turned rags into riches. He's always been the glory that it needs to be revealed when there's hurt and there's pain and there's discomfort and there's grossness in our life. Why is all this happening? That the glory of the Lord may be revealed. The I am has always been. And the I am must be something that we believe in. Amen? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the word was God. The I am is able. When you are walking blindly into an uncertain future with obscure answers, understand that he holds tomorrow in his hand. Is there anybody in the house right now that you don't know what tomorrow brings and you can't you, there is no way. It's so obscure. It's, 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 where's it at? I don't know how the good could come of this. Is there anybody that has that going on in their life? Anybody in the house? I, how can any good come from this? That what I am going through right now, the issues that are in my life, how in the world could good come of this? Let me tell you something. You can't see it, and I can't see it, but... The I am can see it. And what we must do is that one word in our scripture is we must believe in the I am. And we must believe that the I am is the one that can bring it to pass and can make good come out of it. Somebody say amen. amen. Psalms 34 and verse 19. Many, somebody say many. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Hold on a second. Do you mean that the afflictions that I'm going through, God can deliver me out of them? 
I do. How in the world, how in the world can what I'm going through, how in the world can I get peace in the midst of this? How in the world? Because what I have done is I have gone to my arithmetic book and I have been looking at it and all of the different analogies and the different problems and the different formulas, nothing adds up to me getting out of this. It doesn't. Because you're in the wrong book. You need to be in the book of I believe. Maybe you've heard of it. You need to be in the book of I believe in you. I don't see the formula. I don't see the answer. I've gone to the answer key. I've asked the teachers and nothing is adding up. But the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivereth them out of them all. He keepeth all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Wait a minute. I feel like I've been broken. Wait a minute. I feel like I have been torn to shreds. I feel like that this happened to me and that happened to me and they said this and all of this stuff. But you're not broken. I know what it feels like. But again, let's go to the book. The Bible says he keepeth all his bones. Not one of them is broken. We have another scripture for that. Brother Rick, the Bible says that, yea, though I walk through the valley of the, sh the shadow of death. That's bad news, folks. That ain't no fun, folks. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. For thou art with me, thou rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You're preparing a way for me in this valley, in this problem, in this issue. And understand that you're not going to be broken down. You'll feel broken. You'll feel hurt. You'll feel depression. You'll feel all kinds of things come upon your life. But the Bible says, he keepeth all his bones. Not one of them is broken. I don't know about you, but that encourages me in the Lord today. I'm going through hell. I'm going through things that I have put in my own life, but I'm not going to be broken. Oh, somebody clap your hands under the Lord. How? How did the blind men follow him? You read the scripture. Go back to it. And when he was come in the house, the blind man came to him. How did they follow him if they couldn't see it? How did they follow him if they could not see him? Faith calls them to believe in what they were hearing and not what they were seeing. They heard the master was coming. They heard the master's voice. And that is the only reason that when they were following him, I'm going to tell you something. When you lend your ear, truly, not to what they say about you, not to what the church talks about you, but when you lend your ear to the master, 
How do you do that? You submit yourself. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. There needs to be submission. There needs to be a revival of submission in this last and closing hour. Yeah. I'm telling you, there needs to be a revival of submission in this last and closing hour. Who do we need to submit to? You need to submit to God first. Amen. And not because I said so, but because the book says so. You need to submit yourself to a pastor. Truly. Not who does he think he is. What's he think he's doing? I, praise the Lord, Brother Trevor. That's all I'm trying to do. Now you work out the only reason, the only way that you're going to get that is if you work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. The only way that you're going to understand that is if you go to the book and read the book for yourself. But there needs to be a revival of submission. And when, you, when, when that revival of submission takes over you and you're revived, because we all can be submitted. Yeah. I'm not submitted to nobody. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Go ask the clerk down at the local gas station that you buy your cigarettes from every day. She'll tell you who you're submitted to. Go look in the mirror at your mouth and say, you're submitted to your mouth. You let it yap. You say dumb things. You say things like, who's the pastor think he is? You submitted to something. Amen. Well, we need a revival of submission. And when we have a revival of submission, then we're going to be able to hear the master's voice. I'm submitted to you, Lord. It's very simple. How do I get submitted to the Lord? Creating me a clean heart and renewing me a right spirit. Jesus, I am wretched and I am undone. I know that about myself. I know my weaknesses. I know my problems. And I know you know them too. But Lord, I want you to know that I know them. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to submit to your will and to your word. Amen. There needs to be a revival of submission, ladies and gentlemen, in our homes right now. You need to hear what I'm telling you. It's going to start there. I know he's ugly and he stinks and he throws his underwear on the ground, but there needs to be a revival of submission. Amen. If that is not your makeup in your home, then there needs to be a revival of submission, and you need to make sure that you are submitted to your father. Amen. You better be. And when you get here, then what happens is, is my ear hears the master. And when I'm blind in a situation, and when I'm blind in a problem, and there's issues going around me, and it's, it's not healthy, and it's not right, if I am submitted to the master, and the master speaks, and not only are you going to hear him speak, but you're going to go to where he's speaking. I'm going to tell you something. You're going to go to where he's speaking. How do we know that the blind man could follow him is because they knew that they were hearing the master speak. They were hearing the master talk. And so they went to him. They were submitted to his word. They were submitted to his voice. Simply, simply, brother, text only. 
This is the, they had no other reason to be submitted to him other than by what they had heard. They had heard that he healed. They, they didn't see it. They had heard that he had transformed some lives. They had heard that this guy is the promise coming down the dusty road. And so they were submitted by what they had heard. They were submitted by what we've read in the book, ladies and gentlemen. And so when they got submitted and they heard the voice, they ran to the voice. And because they ran to the voice, the Bible says that he looked at them and says, Now, you followed me. But do you believe? And submission said they had no reason, ladies and gentlemen, to believe. But submission to the master said, yet listen, this is how I know. The Bible says, go, go to it. Go, go to the word. Verse 28 at the very end of it. This is how I know that they were submitted. Look at, look at what it says right there at the very end. Yea, Lord. You're my Lord. You are who everybody says you are. I can't see it. I don't know it to be true other than what I've heard. But yay, Lord. And because they were submitted to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Bible says that they were healed and they could see things clearly, ladies and gentlemen. I'm trying to tell somebody that the I am is able. And if you want the I am to do something in your life today, then you must be submitted to the I am. Clap your hands under the Lord, all you people. I'm going to preach through this. How did they follow him if they could not see him? Faith caused them to believe in what they were hearing. And they were hearing the master's voice. It's the darkness, blindness between what we can hear and the miracle that tempts us to quit. Oh, I'm going to say that again. It is the darkness and the blindness between what we can hear and the miracle that tempts us to quit. I don't see the miracle. I don't see the transformation. There's no way that anything like that could happen. It'll tempt you to throw in the towel. It'll tempt you to say there's no use in even trying. It'll tempt you to say, you know something, this faith business is a bunch of mess. No, ladies and gentlemen, faith doesn't quit. Faith is persistent. Faith follows what it hears from the spiritual world when its eyes can't see the king. We walk by faith, the Bible says, and not by sight. Somebody say, I am able. Somebody say it, I am able. Come on, I am able. The I am is able. And I believe that he's able. Clap your hands if you believe that the I am is able. You see, face that direction. Come here, Sister Nevaeh. Face that, face that direction toward Brother Noe, both of you, right behind each other. Scoot, scoot out in front of her a little bit, Sister Ivy, a little bit more. All right, stay right there. I want you to walk toward her. And hold on a second. 
Sister Nevaeh, I want you to walk towards her. And when, when you get, to, get closer to her, I want you to holler these words, boo. When I was in high school, I don't want you to scare. It's not scary. When I was in high school, when you ran the relay, the guy behind you and where I went to school, it was Bells, so whatever. I don't know why they did it. Don't judge me. But they said, we'd say boo. And boo meant for you to pop that hand back. Good, I want you to do that. And then I just want you to barely touch your hand and keep your hand on there. You can tell, you can tell this young lady didn't run track because she is back up. You just, call, you just caused the baton to be dropped because you were way too close. Let me have his hand, sister. Right there, don't look back at her. Look forward. I say boo and just touch your hand and keep it right there. Touch that hand. Man, dear Lord. When analogies go south. Listen to me. Seeing and feeling can become an obstacle to your miracle. I don't see it. You see, the miracle is coming up behind you. Usually how they do it. They put one of the fastest guys at the front. And they put a mediocre guy at the second leg. And they put a little bit faster than the second guy at the third leg. And then they put the anchor leg. And we don't know when it's coming. We don't know exactly when it's going to be there. There's a, there's a lane that you're a, a little, uh, I can't even remember what it's called now, but there's a little space that you have to take off when that baton bringer, the other runner, is coming. And you turn from this posture to this posture. And you're running. And the call comes. You can't see. You don't know exactly when it's going to get there. You don't know how it's going to come. You don't know if it's going to be fast. You don't know if it's going to be furious. You don't know what's going to happen. But all of a sudden, Sister Jolanta, because I have faith in the one that's bringing the baton, because I got faith in the I am that has worked and has died on a cross for me and is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I could ask or even think is running my direction. And Brother David, when I don't expect it, when I don't see it, how in the, and I'm getting ready to turn to my own understanding, all of a sudden, boom, and here comes that baton. And the Bible says that we are to run the race. We're to run it, and we're going to run it as fast and as furious as we possibly can. And no, you don't know when it's coming. What we can't see, what we can't feel, is our obstacle. Seeing and feeling can become that one that destroys the opportunity for a miracle. Man, I don't see that can happen. I didn't feel the doodads up and down my back. I didn't feel what Brother 
Trevor fell. Then my sister Jolanta fell. Brother Noe, when they were up at the front, I, I saw them feeling the Holy Ghost, but I didn't feel that. No, you didn't. But what you must understand is God doesn't put every card on the table, if you will, if I could use that, if I could use that carnal analogy. He doesn't put everything out there for you to see and understand. He is waiting for you to just keep running. I don't know how. Man, is he ever going to come? I've passed that little space that I'm supposed to receive the baton. Man, I just I'm already supposed to have received the baton. Why haven't I received my healing? Why haven't I received my deliverance? Why haven't I received my hope? I don't know, baby, but it doesn't matter what you see. It doesn't matter what you feel. Just keep on running the race that has been set before you. Thomas said, I will not believe unless I can see him and feel the nail prints in his hands. That is not Bible faith. Hebrews 11, if you would, 11 and 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now back to my analogy of running. I'm going to tell you something. It's hard to keep this posture. When we were in track, when I was in track in high school, they made them. I was a, I was a guy they came to after everybody else had got sick or something. But I did get to run on the mile relay and the sprint relay one time. Anyways, but they made these guys run full laps, keeping the posture. And the reason they had them do that, and every lane change, when it would change to the next 100 meters, they would bring it up and pop it back again and run just like that. They didn't ever have to run that far. They were never, it's a very small space. I can't remember the, uh, the meters, but that very small space where the exchange has to take place. But our coach, would every, when it started the next 100 meters, Pop it back there again and make it strong. He would say it. Coach Reeves, he would say, strong. Go back and do it again. Pop it back there. Go back and do it again. And make them run. And their arms would begin to cramp up. But he was trying to teach us, Coach Reeves was trying to teach us that you got to put it back there. you got to keep it back there and you got to keep it high and keep it strong so the one that's coming behind you can put it exactly where it needs to be so the so the transfer is exactly how it should be. And you need to keep it back there. Keep it. You're going to build that muscle. So when you throw it back there, it's going to stay. And you're going to run fast and furious. And as you're running, then comes the one that is mightier than I. Here comes the one whose shoes you're not worthy to unlatch. Here comes the one. He's been running the whole time. It's not going to happen in the exchange zone. It's not going to happen where you think it should happen. But the I am is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. And he'll put it in your hand. Your deliverance is coming. Your help. Your help is coming. Your miracle is coming. Your transformation is coming. Song sings. It may not come 
when you want it. But it'll be there right on time. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord right now, just for a moment. Come on, lift your voice, church. Come on, if you're a guest in the house, lift your voice right now. Your miracle's coming. Your transformation is coming. Your hope is coming. The I am is able, and he's always been able. He's waiting on your faith to arise and the enemies of your faith to be scattered. Somebody just said it. I ain't going to embarrass you, but somebody said, Lord, let this stiff neck, let this stiff neck mind, this stiff neck heart, Lord, let it be where it needs to be to receive what it is that you want me to receive. And that's the problem. A lot of times we're just like Thomas. Thomas was absent when Jesus visited. Others rejoiced, but he was frustrated in unbelief. He could have had his answer eight days before if he would have depended on faith rather than feeling. I don't feel like it's going to happen, Pastor Ben. I don't feel like my help's really going to happen. Well, guess what? You know, a lot of times, it's because you're absent. It's because probably... I'm going to get a little daring here. I'm sorry. A lot of times, we let our own vocabulary and our own thoughts and our own things get in the way. We say stupid stuff. We say things we shouldn't say. God's been delivering and transforming, and you don't know how in the world it could even happen. But what happens all of a sudden is you say something you shouldn't say. And then that sparks a belief that you shouldn't be even believing in and shouldn't even be entertaining. But all of a sudden, you start going down that rabbit hole, if you will. If this could happen. This isn't going to happen. Well, let's just quit. Why don't we just quit trying? No, don't quit trying. Go to the Lord and say, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Help this stiff neck that's trying to mess everything up that you've been trying to fix. Oh, somebody clap your hands on the Lord. I'm preaching to you right now. But let me tell you how Jesus is. Even though we're stiff-necked, Brother Trevor, even though we don't got it all together, even though he showed us a thousand times and we should just have faith, Jesus said, reach thy finger and behold my hands. He's going to go ahead and he's going to oblige you. Are you going to have to see and feel the nail prints before you quit worrying? Are you going to have to see and feel the nail prints before you finally say, Lord, have your way in this situation? Worry steals the visitation of the presence of God. Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. 
I'm preaching to somebody right now. You don't see it, but you better turn on the belief system and start believing in the I am. Start believing that the I am is able. Get out of your own way. Let him deliver you today. Let him transform you today. Let him take your addiction away today. Happen. So I don't believe. Turn your belief system back on in the name of Jesus. Unbelief puts our circumstances, you may be seated, between us and God. But faith, somebody say faith. Faith puts God between our circumstances and us. Somebody shout faith. Somebody shout, I believe. I believe. Come on, somebody shout, faith. faith. Somebody shout, I believe. I believe. Hallelujah. Jesus becomes the navigator through the storm, the instructor down the mountain, the educator of the wall. He's the one that can tell us what we need to do. He's the one that can show us where we need to go. He's the one that can help us get through the obstacle that is in our way right now. Joshua 17, if you have your Bibles. Joshua 17. And verse 17. And Joshua spake unto the house of Joseph, even to Ephraim and to Manasseh, saying, Thou art a great people and hast great power. Thou shalt not have one lot only, but the mountain. <laughs> Somebody say the mountain. But the mountain shall be thine for it is a wood and thou shalt cut it down and the outgoings of it all of it shall be thine you're going to receive the provision for thou shalt drive out the Canaanites though they have iron chariots uh huh and though they be strong. Somebody say strong. So Joshua said to the Israelites, listen to this. I said it at the beginning. I'll say it again. This is the problem. How long will you wait before you begin to take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your fathers, has given you. The problem, ladies and gentlemen, is not that God is promising, is he's not promising. It's not that he's not giving the provision. It's not that he's not giving the hope and the help. The problem is he's already told you that the promise is yours. He's already told you that the provision is yours. He's already told you that the healing is yours. Now it's your job to get up on your feet and start marching. 
I'm going to beat you. I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to help you. I don't know when he's coming. I don't know how he's going to get there. I don't know when it's going to happen. But it's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. Come on, stand to your feet and clap your hands under the Lord. I'm almost finished. What do you have between you and the voice of your miracle? What do you have between the voice and the miracle? What is it that is stopping you? What is it that is keeping you from receiving and getting what it is that God has for you? I'm going to tell you what it is. It's you. It ain't the devil. Brother Wolves, we give him too much credit. It ain't him. It's me. It's you. It's your carnality. It's you thinking that you got every I dotted and every T crossed. No, ladies and gentlemen, we have all sinned and come short. Let your posture always be, Lord, creating me a clean heart. Renewing me a right spirit. I don't know when you're coming, Lord. I don't know how it is that you're coming, but God, I believe. I believe you're coming. I believe the healing's here. I believe the transformation's here. I believe the deliverance is here. I believe my hope is here. What do you have between the voice and the miracle? If you want the mountain, you're going to have to cut down some wood. Make a pathway. Drive out the Canaanites and destroy the iron chariots. That's on us. Hear me. We want deliverance, Brother Tex. We want healing. We want help. We want the provision. But what we don't want to do is do this. Jesus, I prostrate myself before you. I submit myself to you. I submit myself to your will and your way. I submit. And what are you doing? You are driving out the Canaanites. You're chopping down some wood. You're moving mountains. I would to God person that I've been talking about, the one person I've been talking about, would hear what I've been saying. That you would come to an altar and say, God, cleanse me. Cleanse me of my skepticism. Of you. I do believe in you. You've done great things before. God, change me. God, transform me. God, do your work. If you are going to be a book of Acts, saint of God, if we as a church are going to be a book of Acts church and are going to experience what they experienced in the book of Acts, greater things, then we must create a pathway for God to walk through. Prayer. True prayer. Stand to your feet if you would. Fasting. Build a bridge. And faith is able to walk across that bridge. We must drive out the Canaanites. And I would that you would go study about the Canaanites. These are faith killers. 
They stand in the way of progress, production, possession. God said, thou shalt not have one lot only, but a mountain. <laughs> Our problem sometimes is we barely have faith for a lot. When God's saying, I want to give you a mountain. I want to give you something you've never experienced before. Ladies and gentlemen, you got to be more excited. you got to have more faith than just your three people that are in your family. God, I want you to deliver my whole family. And I want my whole family to be in the church. But sometimes we only have faith for the three that are sitting beside each other. We're happy with the 250 that are in the house. The 250 that show up on Sunday morning and God is saying, I want you to have 500 and 600 plus. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for us to have faith for the mountain. It's time for us to believe in the mountain. If you would, everybody in the house, stand to your feet. Would you raise your hands right now? I'm going to say something here over the couple of next couple of minutes that it's got to take root in you. It's examples from the word of God. And maybe you'll find yourself in some of those examples. And I would to God that you would say, Lord, I can't see it. I don't know how it's going to happen. I've been running with my arm back for a whole lap, and I still can't feel. I still can't see. I don't know when you're coming. Don't turn around. Just have faith and believe. Just have faith and believe. Hear me. Hear me as you pray. David, you'll be king, but Goliath is going to challenge you. Sir, you're going to get your answer. You're going to get your hope, but there's going to be some Goliaths that come against you and challenge you. But, just like David, I don't come to you with a sword and a spear but I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ I'm going to tell you something when there's a nine foot giant with a spear and a sword and a helmet and a breastplate you got to have faith you can't have fear you got to believe and know that the I am is able in the midst of the problem <laughs> Nehemiah you'll rebuild the wall but Sam Ballot will be a thorn in your flesh Elijah, you'll enjoy the abundance of rain and the fire will fall. But 450 prophets of Baal will be an ache in your side. What are you trying to say, Pastor Darren? There's going to be false doctrine. There's going to be things that come against you. There's gonna, hey, the promise is there. You know it's there. You know that he said it. He, you know that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know that he's going to deliver you. He, you know that he's going to put you on top because you're the head, not the tail. You know all of that. But there's going to be the prophets of Baal. And you're going to be outnumbered. And Brother Tony is going to bear down on you every day. Doctors are going to say this and that and the other. And you're going to be discouraged. And it's going to feel like the false prophets of Baal are talking about what they're doing. And it's going to happen for them. And you're going to feel discouraged. Maybe I should just join the masses. No. No, sir. And lastly, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You'll be promoted in Babylon. 
you'll be put in your rightful place. But your trajectory's got you moving towards a fiery furnace right now. You mean I'm gonna be I'm gonna be promoted, but I gotta go through that? Brother Noe, fire burns people up and they die. Sister Christina, fire hurts when you stick your hand in it for a long period of time. And my promotion's on the other side. I don't see how this could happen. How in the world am I going to get promoted if I got to walk through a fire? Man, I don't see how this is going to work out for me. Create in me a clean heart. Lord, help my unbelief. Help my unbelief, Lord. What do you mean I'm going to get promoted after I go through a fire that's burned? Look at these guards. They're dead. What do you mean I got to go in there? I don't know when you're coming, but I believe. Yay, Lord! Yay, King! I believe. Yay, Lord! Revival is coming to my family. Yay, Lord! Hell and high water. Stuff that I've created. I got to go through it. I got to stop lying. I got to stop cheating. I got to quit going through the problems. I got to quit going through all this stuff. I don't know how. But then the onlookers, he doesn't. You see that? Didn't we put three in there? Your promoter joined you in the fire. Your promotion joined you in the fire. You didn't think he was coming when the fire was so hot. It burnt the bands off of you. He joined you. Oh, help our unbelief. Jesus, you'll be resurrected. But there'll be a stone and a grave to defeat you. There will always be that furnace. There will always be a fight. And there will always be a foe. That's why you, somebody say me. That's why you must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that no matter if you can see him, no matter if you can feel him, he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. When I can't see him, when I can't feel him, I believe in him. Job, behold, I go forward. These altars are open. Come as I read this scripture. Behold, listen to what he said. I go forward. But he is not there. And backward. But I cannot perceive him. Listen. I cannot perceive him. On the left hand. Where he doth work. But I cannot behold him. 
he hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him but he knoweth the way that I take listen to me he just said in verse 9 he ain't there I can't find him he usually does work here but he ain't doing any today but he knoweth the way that I take when he hath tried me I shall come forth as gold my foot hath held his steps his way have I kept and not declined neither have I gone back from the commandments of his lips listen to what it says ladies and gentlemen neither have I gone back from the commandments of his lips I don't see him I don't feel him I don't, I don't know what's going on I, can't, I, I don't know what's happening but I haven't gone those lips that commanded some stuff I believe in that I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. You hear me? I can't see him or feel him, but he spoke a word to me. And the Bible says that I esteem the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. It is time for God to turn your fearful captivity into spiritual liberty. Would you lift your hands all across this building right now? Ma'am, I've been speaking to you the past little while. Sir, I've been talking to you the past little while. Right now, it's time. It is time for God to turn your fearful captivity into spiritual liberty. It's time that you listen to the sound of his voice and submit to that word and submit to that voice that is speaking to you to allow him to transform you and renew you. Would you lift your hands? They're going to sing, but I don't want the singing to drown.